have to do that. 1 Samuel chapter 11, and uh, so chapter 10 ends with Samuel anointing, or Samuel is anointed, uh, anoints Saul as king, and, uh, and so he tells the people about it. And then we're going to look at what takes place in chapter number 11. And honestly, it's probably the best part of Saul's leadership as king is chapter number 11. And it's sad, but it's at the very beginning. And so let's read together a couple of verses. We're just going to focus in on the first 13 verses. I don't know that we'll get through all 13 of them, but we're going to start there in verse number 1. 1 Samuel chapter number 11. And let's read together in verse number 1. Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead and all the men of Jabesh, said unto Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve thee. And Nahash the Ammonite and answered them on this condition, Will I make a covenant with you, that I thrust, I may thrust out all your right eyes, and lay it for reproach upon all Israel. And the elders of Jabesh said unto him, Give us seven days respite, and, uh, and uh, that we may send messengers out all the coast of Israel, and then if there be no man to save us, we will come out to thee. So let's look, first of all, let's look at the encamping uh, against Jabesh and Gilead. If you look in this text in chapter number 11, that this was taking place um, that, let's see here. Uh, then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh of Gilead. Uh, this was <coughs> the Ammonites, <coughs> excuse me, the Ammonites, I had, you know, doing a little bit of study on it, but the Ammonites were the descendants of Lot. They were the descendants of Lot's uh, affair with one of his daughters. The Ammonites uh, were the enemies of the Israelites. And they encamped themselves against Jabesh of Gilead. Jabesh was located on the east side of Jordan in the tribal land of, Gad, uh, land of Gad, which was in an area known as Gilead. I need to get a map out here to try to get you, try to understand it. Says, sometimes I have trouble understanding where all this took place at. But in the tribal land of Gad, which was also known as as Gilead, part of Israel's land, east of the Jordan. Specifically, Jabesh was about a half, was a mile east of Jordan and 35 miles north of the Dead Sea. Uh, the Ammonites were located on the eastern side uh, of Gilead so they could easily invade Israel's land, and they did. But you will see in that same verse, in that very verse, in verse number one, that they encamped around Jabesh Gilead. But they, when they encamped themselves against them, you'll see that in verse number one, that they was against them. So it wasn't like them encamping to be friends with them. It was encamping to be against them. And then we'll see also, not only do we see in verse number one that they were kind of against them, but they continue to read, and all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, make a covenant with us and we will serve thee. So here's the deal. They've been surrounded. 
They've been encamped around. They are against them. All right, we've got you surrounded now. Let's make a covenant. You know, and I think about that, I really do. I think about that aspect of it and how the devil acts sometimes when we are. He'll encamp around us and get us by the throat and make us surrender, right? I mean, that's exactly what took place was, is he surrounded them, and then he said, okay, let's make a covenant. Well, basically, they didn't have another, they didn't have another choice, right? Oh, right. Nice. Surrounded, surrounded them. And the devil likes to do that to us. He likes to surround us and make us feel overwhelmed, if you will. And truly, these people of Israel, they had to feel overwhelmed. They had to feel that they were completely surrounded. There was no hope. And ultimately, sometimes in our Christian life, when we've had a rough time, whatever it is, okay, sometimes do you not feel overwhelmed? Do you not feel like the, you are completely surrounded and there is no way out and there is no help? You ever feel that way? That's the way Satan wants you to feel. Satan wants you to feel like there is no hope for you, but truly as a Christian, we have a hope and we have security and we have an, a way to escape. I think it is, I want to read it. Um, I'm going to have to find it first. I think it's in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to mark my spot here. But I think it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 because I know that I can't, I don't quote it right. I know most of the verse, but I don't know all of it. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe, and verse number 13 is the verse I'm looking for. And the Bible says, yep, there hath no temptation taken you but such is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And so the Bible tells us that when we have gone through a temptation in our life, per se, there's not a temptation that comes to you that hasn't already been to somebody else, that somebody else has not already went through. But with that temptation that we experience, there is a way to escape. And so when we are faced when life's, with life's toughest decisions and we feel that we are surrounded and there is no hope, make sure we know this, that God is always in our corner and there always is hope and there always, when, you're, when God is on your side, there is always hope. There is always light that can help you. And I know that sometimes as we live our life, that sometimes life is discouraging, life is distraught, and you feel overwhelmed. And you can get to a place where you're completely surrounded and you just say, you know what? It ain't worth it no more, huh? That, that, does that happen to people? Yeah, it does. And if we're all honest, we've all been to a place where we feel overwhelmed. Whether it is a financial overwhelming, whether it is a disappointment overwhelming, whether it's discouragement overwhelming, or it's a trial, or if it's a temptation and you feel completely overwhelmed. Now, let me ask you this. 
Okay, so we've, if we've all been to that spot in our life at one point, whether it's discouragement, temptation, um, a trial, a difficult situation we've seen, and we really feel like, we're, like we are overwhelmed, how can we work through that position in our life? What are some things that you have found that are helpful to you to work through times when you feel completely overwhelmed? Because I would say, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I would say everybody in this room, at some point, you felt completely overwhelmed. Pray. Pray. Yeah. You know, that is the nearest connection to the Lord. <laughs> is to me immediately to be able to pray. It's true. It's true. Because one of the things that prayer can do for us is it allows us to talk about it. And really, when you are overwhelmed, one of the things you need to do is open your mouth and talk. And it's not always to your neighbor. But one of the best people to talk to is the Lord because he can help you go through those things. But if you don't pray to him, he doesn't. He, I, he knows what you're going through ultimately. But he's not going to be able to say, well, all right, they're asking for my help. Let's go help them. But if we pray, we spend time saying, man, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with this at work. I'm overwhelmed with this, with whatever it is. And you list it. He can help you walk through it. It's good. All right, anything else? Anybody else? Something that they do or say or read or... I think that's the ultimate answer is, is praying about it. You know, you, uh, you know, God's listening. You know, if you're, you're a Christian and you, you need to pray about it. If you're overwhelmed and you have a lot of problems, pray about it. He's listening to you and he'll, you know, your, you know, your faith, well, you know, We'll take care of that problem. Right. If you have true faith and right. Lord take care of it, He will take care of it. Right. You know, and the Lord, the Lord will take care of it. I had a, I had a friend of mine that, that he got himself into a situation and he got completely overwhelmed. And I don't, I really don't know exactly what all was taking place and all the things that was going on. But he ended up taking his own life. And, um, you know, I mean, he was probably 55, 60 years old. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, do you know how desperate a person has to get to that place where they've come to a place where they feel overwhelmed? They come to a place where they feel surrounded, where there is no, where there is no hope. Um, and so you, me, me too, I mean, we have to go through, we're all going to experience difficult times in our life. We're all going to experience where we're all overwhelmed. But God's the answer for us. And prayer is one, one thing, one aspect that we can go to God and ask God to help us through being overwhelmed. That's good. Anybody else? And I'm not saying and study, get in the Word. Yeah, spend time in the Word. It'll help you. It'll encourage you. And you'll find, you'll find time, if you've done that, where you'll find the Bible speaking to you. And it'd be the exact verse that you need. And the exact time that you need it. I, man, I didn't know I needed it. Look at that. It's right there on my Bible reading that I'm reading. And it'll help you. It'll encourage you. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, um, that I know that he got overwhelmed and, and that's why he did that. But I, I don't know because, I, you know, there was no explanation. 
But, you know, there has to come a place. Personally, I've been overwhelmed, okay? And so I have to make sure that I, I stop and keep your center and uh, pray and get in your Bible. What else? I, I had an uncle that, that took his life at 95 years old. Wow. Yeah. And he, he, was a, he was a person that'd be at the door and, and meet you when you come in. That's the type of person he was. Mm. But he got sick. And he got overwhelmed with being sick. And he took a, took a shotgun to his head. Mm. Shot, shot himself in the head. I mean, and I, I think about that all the time about my uncle. Because he was probably the most devout man that I knew. Besides my daddy. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that he, that he took, did that. And I just, I can't see the Lord looking down at that and saying he ain't coming in. <laughs> You know, it's just hard for me to take that. Right, right. Because I know there's times where people think that, and I, I just keep an open door. Right. Know, I try to keep well, an open door. Well, with with that, I'll kind of answer that in my, according to what I believe the Bible says, um, that action is sin because it's selfish. Um, it's taking your own life. Okay, so it is sin. Um, but sin, if I'm a born again believer, if I've asked Christ to save me, there is no sin that can keep me from heaven. And although that act is, is very, you know, it is very selfish. Um, and it has sin in the nature of it. It's not going to keep someone from going to heaven. Are there other things that will keep a person out of heaven? Absolutely. But sin as far as that sin, um, you know, it's not because if I've been saved, there's no sin that will keep me from heaven. And I know, well, you say, well, that man, that just gives everybody license to sin. If that's how you feel about salvation, then you have the wrong idea about salvation because Christ has given me salvation, so I ought to pay him back with everything I have. But what happens to a person is they get too low and they get too surrounded and they get overwhelmed and, and whatever emotions are going through that person's mind when they do that, um, they've got themselves to that place. Um, and we have to prevent ourselves from getting to that place. There's, there's people who, who allow their situations to be overwhelming and they stop and they don't even leave their house and they don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. They don't, they're, they just, they're there and, they, and they're barely living because they've allowed their situation to just surround them and right, wrong, or indifferent. We have to all work through our problems different. Every one of us are different. Every one of us are are different creatures. And so we're going to work through our problems different. I may work through my problems different than you, and you're going to work through your problems different than me. But truly, if we get to that place where we're overwhelmed, where we feel where we feel like, man, this is my last shot. No, pick up that phone. Give me a call. Look, don't don't take your own life. But truly, if you're born again, that that's not going to keep you from heaven. No, not according to the Bible. There's if you're saved, there's no Bible says, my Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck thee out of the Father's hand. Nothing, nothing can. But but if you get overwhelmed, you get surrounded. You have to work through those things, praying, 
Reading your Bible. Anybody else? What else? What else do you think? What, what helps you? I think that a lot of folks, a lot of times, you carry your troubles, you burden to a friend that listens, a godly friend. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you end up in prayer, maybe with your friend, but you can bring yourself out of a lot right. of problems. That's like if I felt like I needed to talk to my pastor about something. I call you, we get together, we talk about it, we're gonna pray about it. Right, right. And we're gonna we're gonna solve a problem. Right. And it's carrying your burden to a earthly friend right. that is a saved and you know is saved. Mm-hmm. And can give you godly advice. Right. Right. I think you ultimately end up in prayer, but it's an out for your situation right. at the time. Right. Well, the Bible says to iron sharpeneth iron. You know, so one of the things that we need is we need a good fellowship. We need the good, um, someone to help strengthen you. How much, how encouraging is it to you to be able to go to somebody with a problem and say, wow, let me, let's, you know, they're not, they're not there to gossip because you know who's going to gossip about your problem. So you don't talk to them about that. You know, you go to someone who's going to help you. Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. You know, surround yourself with people that you can go to that you know that are going to encourage you, that are going to lift you up, that are going to pray for you. If you've got a problem, hey, I've got a problem. Look, and the thing about it is, if if they love you and they care about you, they don't even have to know about your problem. They, They don't even have to know all the details of your problem other than just pray for me right now. I, I need it, okay? And, and if, we're, if we're the right kind of friend, we're the right kind of person, all we got to do is know that and let's pray together and let's, let's build each other. Let's, let's encourage each other because we need to make sure we don't allow. Uh, man, you see somebody and you see that you can see it and you can see them getting overwhelmed and you can see them experiencing a hardship, if you will. Because even, even I feel like you can get overwhelmed in the idea of even a failure. You can get to a place where you feel you failed and you've messed up and you've messed up so much and you just give up. When, uh, who cares? What does it matter if I'm right or not? What does it matter if I get up or not? What does it matter if I, what does it matter if I do it again? No, come on. You need somebody to come by your side and pick you up and set you on your feet and say, come on, let's do it together. Let's walk together. Let's, let's pray together. Let's encourage each other. And we've got to be that for each other. We, 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 I'm sorry. We ought to be that for each other and help each other. And so that we're not go, getting to that place where we feel overwhelmed and we're, and we're uh, truly making terrible decisions when we get discouraged and get, dis, get down and out. And the, these people were, were overwhelmed. These people were surrounded. These people, well, they were surrounded by the enemy. Satan wants to discourage you. You're a Christian. He wants you discouraged. He wants you down and out. He wants you down in the moldy groves. He wants you to be discouraged about yourself and about your situation, about your whatever it is. He wants you down there. That's what he wants. If he can do that to you, he will. He will. All right. Prayer. Another brother. The Bible. Anybody else have anything else you'd like to do? Things that help you when you're down and out, when you're discouraged, when you feel overwhelmed? What else do you like to do? I like, personally, I like to listen to good godly music. 
I like to listen to something that's going to encourage me and listening to some of the old hymns and even some of the new gospel hymns and gospel songs that are there. Man, they encourage you and they strengthen you. You know, they help, they help me. When I'm, when I'm discouraged or I'm feeling down, you know, I, like to, I like to turn on the music and listen to, listen to somebody sing a beautiful song about the Lord. All right. Anybody else? Anything else maybe you do you'd like to share? You know, and if you, really, if you, feel like, if you feel like you're there now, let me pray for you. Let's, let's, hey, let's work through it and help you. And, because being overwhelmed is scary. Being overwhelmed is, is man, you're surrounded and you, you feel like you're surrounded by everything. You know, let's, let's, let's gather tonight and pray for you and ask God to help you. Because that's, Satan wants to get you out. He doesn't want you accomplishing what he wants to, you know? All right. Anybody else? Any, any other thoughts, well, questions? Well, attend church. And, and A church is important. Your, your fellow right. Christians and right. ask them to pray for you. Right. And I, I think, Brother Alfred, that's one of, the, one of the greatest things that we can do is, is to attend church. So that Why? What is, what is one thing that attending church can do for you? Fellowship. That's right. Isn't it encouraging to come to church and, and you hear a bunch of people talking? That's right. That means people are fellowshipping. You know what? One of the things I hate to do, I hate to shut y'all off and be like, okay, guys, it's time to start church. There's, there's been times it'd be like six, seven, after, ten, after. All right, guys, we got to stop. It's time for church, you know. But I love it. It's great. It's great to see people fellowshipping and encouraging each other because that's a time for you to be encouraged. That's a time for you to be lifted up by other people and, and being helped, being helped. By them. That's good. That's good. All right. We didn't even get through point number one, but all right. <clears throat> next next week we'll talk about the eyes the eyes the, the eyes of the agreement the agreement that was going to cost them their eyes hmm. alright anybody else have any questions or thoughts or comments before we close alright well let's go to the Lord in prayer Lord I love you thank you for tonight